All right, now here we go. Welcome to the show, Podcast World. I'm your host, Rasta Jeff. This, of course, is episode 796 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. In this episode, I'm going to give away free seeds. That's right, I've teamed up with our friends at SeedsHereNow.com to give away a free pack of Irie Genetic Seeds. Hang out, we'll talk more about that later in this episode. Before we get too far, I do want to announce that I was on the Dude Grows show recently. By the time this episode comes out, that Dude Grows show episode will be out and available on YouTube, so go to YouTube, search for Dude Grows show with Rasta Jeff, I will pop up. Make sure you listen, watch that video, give it some likes, leave some comments, let them know that you loved me on the show so they will have me back. Speaking of the Dude Grows, the Dude Grows Cup is happening again June 3rd, just outside of Fort Collins, Colorado. Make sure you check out dgccup.com for all of that information. I was hanging out with the Dude Grows, and they said that event is more than halfway sold out. So if you need your tickets, get them now because it will sell out. And I look forward to seeing you at the Dude Grows Cup. That's right. I will be there. Team Irie Genetics will be there. We'll have a booth. We'll have all kinds of great seeds. We'll have a good time. Come say hi, even if you're not shopping for seeds. Come by, say hi, give me a fist bump, give me a high five, give me a hug, take a photo with me if that's what you're into. You don't have to buy seeds to come hang out. I invite everybody to come say hi. Also, if you're looking for seeds, definitely make sure you come by the booth. All right, I think that's all of the business we've got. Nope, there's one more thing to cover, more business here at the start of the show. Uh, There is a sale running on iRedirect.com. That's right, visit iRedirect.com. Grab some regular feminized seeds at great prices. I've put some of the fem seeds down to ridiculous prices. A lot of the regular seeds are at ridiculous prices, and every order does come with free seeds. That sale does last through this entire month of April. So make sure you check out Irie Direct and catch that sale. Get those fem seeds. Get your garden started. Set yourself up for success. All right, now we are through all of the business part of the podcast. It is time to jump into the email and grow question portion of today's show. The first question comes from the Grow Help tab on the Irie Genetics website. If you go to iriegenetics.com, there's a list of tabs at the top. One of them does say questions or grow help. You'll find it. I'm sure you're smart enough. Give that a click. It will ask you a few questions. It asks you about your grow space. It's going to ask you where you're growing indoors, outdoors. What strain are you growing? What's the temp? What's the humidity? We ask a few basic questions. We want to know what's going on. That lets me get a heads up on how to help you. The more I know about your grow, the easier it is for me to diagnose, correct, and set you up for success and help you with your grow. So we ask some questions. Go to the Grow Help tab. After those general questions, we do give you the opportunity to type in your full question. What's going on in the grow? How can we help you? My friend JH has sent me a question on the Grow Help tab, and it goes a little bit like this. Hey, Rasta Jeff, can you tell me about your easiest to grow strains? Something I can really hit out of the park without being an expert. Um, Then he goes in parentheses and says, and don't say all of them. That's really funny because uh, all of my strains are pretty easy to grow and you should be able to bang them all out of the park. But I will give you some specifics and some more details. It says, what one of your strains is the healthiest? Uh, Which strain can't and won't be stopped? Which strain is beginner friendly? And what strain is resistant to all? Then they ask, follow-up questions. Once I determine all the answers for these, they want to know what does it smell like? What is the flowering time? And what type of morphology can we expect? And then are there more on the list? Then he follows up with another great question. Let's jump into the first part of this question here from our friend JH in Canada. The main part of the question is which of my strains are easiest to grow? And then he said, don't say all of them. So that does limit me. Um, I often say that Sunkiss is one of my easiest to grow strains. 
Uh, Sunkiss is super easy. It's very forgiving. Uh, if you make a mistake, if you overwater, underwater, overfeed, underfeed, the Sunkiss doesn't get too upset about that. It can take some abuse. It can take some grower error. And a new grower is going to make some errors and cause some abuse. So Sunkiss is always one of my very first recommendations when it comes to uh, successful plants for a beginner grower. I also recommend the Strawberry Starburst. The only issue with Strawberry Starburst is it may get a little bit tall for a new grower if they are not prepared. The good side to that is it does grow super quickly in veg. It grows with hyper vigor in veg, so it doesn't take nearly as much flowering time to get that plant big enough and ready for flower because it just grows so quickly. So your veg time is shorter, which gives you less time for problems. I feel like the quicker in and out we are in that grow in that garden, the less opportunity we have for problems. So a quicker vegging plant will definitely help you out. However, those will get quite tall. Just flip early. You will be okay. I do have a longer list here of things that I think will grow well in, my, in your garden from my lineup. I always recommend Morning Dew. Morning Dew is a great cross. It's very resistant to powdery mildew, very resistant to bud rot. It grows very well. It's got a great structure, uh, and it's super stinky and super potent product in the end. So the Sunkiss, Strawberry Starburst, and Morning Dew are three of the classics that I would recommend. Those have been in my lineup for quite a while. They've been tried and true. Uh, we know they work well in all types of environments, indoors, outdoors, uh, greenhouses. They work well for experienced growers and they definitely work well for the noobs. I've seen new growers push that strawberry starburst to beautiful limits. I've seen some gorgeous pictures of strawberry starburst. The morning dew comes out super frosty, super chunky, no matter who grows it. And the sun kiss is just autopilot weed. If you pour water and nutrients on that and put lights above it, Sunkiss is going to give you excellent, amazing top shelf buds. So let's keep going because there are more to the list. I want to mention Fist Bump. Fist Bump is one of my newer strains. Fist Bump is super easy to grow. It is a sour diesel to a rise cross. Once again, the only problem you may run into with Fist Bump is it is going to get fairly tall fairly quickly and it may need some sort of supports, but it's pretty easy to grow uh, in most cases. Now, Let's make it real easy for people and let's talk about some feminized lines that I do offer that make it very easy for people to grow. One of my favorites that I recommend for new growers that you guys love that everybody out there is able to grow, able to knock it out of the park is Golden Goat. Golden Goat is really easy to grow. It needs a little extra feeding, but most new growers tend to overfeed anyway. So since the Golden Goat needs a little extra nutrients, you guys do it just right. The new growers do that one very well. Golden Goat is a feminized seed. If you get seeds from me, uh, if it says fem seeds on it, there is a Golden Goat back cross. Those are not fems. However, there are Golden Goat feminized seeds available. You will have all female plants in your lineup. They will grow with great vigor. They'll be nice and sturdy. Uh, they make beautiful plants with great colors, great aromas. Uh, they take about eight and a half to nine and a half weeks to finish, depending on the room and the phenotypical expressions you achieve, uh, which plants you get out of the seed pack, basically. Uh, but it's really easy to grow, and the buzz from Golden Goat is amazing. The flavors, aromas, and buzz are top shelf. That's why I breed it to everything. You'll notice there's Golden Goat somewhere in a lot of my crosses. Let's keep going. Uh, more feminized stuff, the maize and the wombat. Maize and wombat are great strains for new growers. They will work very well for you. Also, Character Zero and Sunday Show will be great strains for new growers. Those are all four of those are feminized. There's Maze, Wombat, Sunday Show, and Character Zero. Those are all fems. They will all grow very well for a new grower. They're all very resistant to problems. The mildew, the mold, uh, bugs, all of those will be very resistant. The problem with those last four that I mentioned is they do get a little bit tall. That's the only issue to worry about. The thing to do there 
flower early. Don't veg them for so long, which most growers are pretty eager to get the crop going. They do want to flower early. So veg them till they're about maybe knee high, then flip them. And I think you'll do really well with those plants. So let me review that list. Uh, regular seeds, Sunkiss, Strawberry Starburst, Morning Dew. Then we work into fist bump. Fist bump is going to be super stinky. Make sure you have carbon filtration in place for the fist bump. Then feminized, golden goat is super easy to grow. Uh, maize, wombat, character zero, and Sunday show are very easy to grow. Another great growing plant is the lemon Jeffrey. However, it does get really tall and it's kind of picky on feeding in some phenotypes. So if you want to really push yourself, try the lemon Jeff, but that's a next step up. That one's not going to be as easy. So those are some of my easiest and healthiest to grow. Those uh, can't stop, won't be stopped. They're all beginner friendly and they're all quite resistant to most of the problems you're going to run into as a grower. Now let's talk about some of the flavors and aromas of a lot of these plants. Sunkiss, that is straight up oranges. If you're looking for oranges, orange candy, orange funk, Sunkiss is the way to go. Morning Dew is straight funky, skunky, uh, earthy, uh, I call it warmer notes. Those are more earthy, skunky, gassier, darker sort of tones in my mind. The Strawberry Starburst, that's just straight up strawberry candy. Uh, fist Bump, that's going to be fuely, uh, offensive gas, funky, diesel fuel, gasoline sort of terps. Golden Goat, that one's very unique. The Golden Goat is kind of like a tropical fruit, uh, tropical fruit basket and juicy fruit bubble gum. That is my opinion of Golden Goat, and I love it. Maize, maize is uh, blue raspberry truffle to the afterglow. So you get that uh, blue raspberry truffle sort of, sort of, it's like a, a, a raspberry sort of thing. It's a sour, uh, tangy sort of a thing, but then that mixes in with the sweetness of the afterglow and it makes amazing flavors. Wombat, that's the New York City diesel to afterglow. Uh, you get hints of that diesel flavor and a lot of orange diesel-y terps out of that one. Character Zero, that one's going to give you those earthy, terpy, uh, more earthy, terpy sort of stuff. And then the uh, Sunday show, that's also going to give you cushy, uh, orange sort of flavors. So those are the flavors and aromas from those. Flowering time. Uh, Sunkiss, eight or nine weeks. Mon morning dew, eight or nine weeks. Fist bump, nine or ten weeks. Strawberry starburst, uh, nine to ten weeks on that one. Golden goat, nine weeks. Maze, wombat, character zero, Sunday show. Those are all going to be nine to ten weeks. Weakers. You will find some early finishers and the sun kiss and morning dew. Some of those will go eight weeks, 56 days. Finish the eighth week, you guys. Don't cut it down the middle of week eight. Let 56 days happen. I would recommend 60 days, but some of those are a little bit earlier. Morphology. So since a lot of these came from the Arise uh, pollen donor, King Solomon, a lot of them have that tall, uh, branchy takeoff sort of structure. The one that doesn't do it as much is Sunkiss. Uh, Sunkiss doesn't take off as hard as the others, but most of them uh, will get a tall, skinny sort of a structure. Golden Goat is an S1. That one uh, should say, uh, depending on your light and your environment, sometimes it stays a little bit shorter. Sometimes it does a little stretching for people, but it's shorter and bushier for the Golden Goat. Maze, Wombat, Character Zero, and Sunday Show, uh, those are going to get tall on you. You're going to see tall, stretchy plants with a lot of branches, but in flower, all of that tallness just fills up with meaty, beefy, chunky trichome covered nuggets. I'm not really going to dig too deep into the specific phenotypes of all of these plants. I gave you the basic what to expect. That's a lot to talk about. Uh, second best. Um, that is the one, two, that's like the top 10 in my lineup right there. I couldn't pick just one. That's like trying to pick your favorite pair of sneakers, but those are a few that I would recommend for a new beginner. Um, I think you'd really kick some good ass with morning dew fist bump. Everything on that list is great to grow.
And then it said, are all of your strains potent? That is a very good question. Is everything that I breed potent? Um, since I'm using, I do very careful selection for male plants. Since I'm using top quality male plants, uh, that leads me to think that most of the progeny should be quite potent. It should contain a lot of THC potential, but that's also up to the grower, the environment. Uh, which phenotype did you select? There may be other terpenes or cannabinoids dominating that mix to where the THC isn't the most uh, potent, most uh, prevalent uh, compound in that plant, but it'll still be a very potent plant. So it depends on what you're looking for. It depends on also how did you grow it? Where did you grow it? How long did you grow it? Then there are a lot of other things that come into play. Was it dried and cured properly? Is it the strain for you? But yes, in most cases, the things that I bred, the things that I breed and create should be quite potent because I'm smoking for more of a, a head buzz. I want to walk into the store and almost have a panic attack and think, oh shit, I'm way too high to be in here shopping and consider leaving. That is the buzz that I am seeking to achieve. So I do breed for that sort of head buzz, sort of panicky sort of stuff. Uh, there will be some more uh, some more cushy variety stuff coming from me in the future here because I miss those old school cushy skunk flavors, but I've already said too much. Uh, but yes, everything is quite potent. You wrap the message up with from your friend JH in Canada. JH, my dude, thank you for the great message. Of course, I do owe you a free pack of seeds. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you do send a grow question to the grow help tab on iRead Genetics or iReadDirect.com, they both have the same tab. If you send a question to there, and I do read that question here on the podcast, that means that you win a free pack of iRead Genetic Seeds. And of course, that giveaway is sponsored by SeedsHereNow.com. All right, let's keep this show moving. I do have another message here in front of me. This one is kind of a follow-up. This one is from JH again. I know I'm spoiling JH, but these two questions came back to back, and this one was super easy to answer. It says, hey, Rasta Jeff, JH here again. Uh, if I like the flavor of one of your 20% THC crosses more than one of your 30% THC crosses, should I go with the flavor? Um, yes, we often teach people here in Colorado that the THC number isn't the ultimate deciding factor in how good a product is. Uh, THC percentage in a plant is what a lab detected. Sometimes you may find that there, like I said a moment ago, there are better terpenes. Maybe there's better esters, paleots, flavonoids. There's a lot of other things in this plant that affect the way we consume it and the way we enjoy it. Uh, if you've got a 30% THC plant with zero terps, I might not enjoy it as much as I would a 20% THC plant with 0.4 terps in there. Uh, just that little bit of terps is going to make a big difference and make it taste good. Would you rather eat cardboard or would you rather eat cardboard that tastes like strawberries and candy? That's what I'm talking about. Do you want some good flavor in the mouth or do you just want blandness? So uh, the nose always knows. Follow your nose. I've done a podcast uh, called Follow Your Nose. Those terps are super important. So the short answer uh, if I, if you like one better, smoke the one you like better, bro. And then I'm going to wrap that up and follow up by saying we are often fooled, uh, bamboozled, if you will, by just THC labeling on jars. When you go to the dispensary, when you go to buy seeds, everybody puts a potential THC number or a lab tested THC number on the product. If you look at the dispensary, the jar says whatever banana kush, however much an ounce, however much a gram, whatever they list the price on the jar a lot of times, and then it'll have a big star on it. 27% THC. And I watch people scan the shelf and they go, Oh, a 32. I want that one. I'll take an ounce of that one. And sometimes that may not be the best product for you. I give them a smell because I believe that the nose is what matters the most. My nose is going to know if there's something in there that I 
am lacking or would enjoy. My nose goes, no, that's not the one. No. Ooh, that one. When your nose lights up and your eyes go, damn, that's the jar you should buy. That's the weed that you should smoke. The lab test is cool. It gives you kind of a good idea of how potent it could and potentially should be. But the other compounds in there are greatly going to affect your buzz. Uh, I describe it like this. I haven't said this on the podcast in a long time. We got a lot of new subscribers. Let's talk about it this way. I think that THC, let's compare our buzz to a firework. All right. We all love fireworks out there. Um, Maybe some of you don't, but most of us love fireworks. We all know what they are. So this will work. Let's just say that the THC is how high up into the air your firework will go. So you're going to smoke THC. Your firework is going to shoot up into the air. It's going to go straight up. Now, My analogy is that the terpenes are the colors of that firework. Once that firework gets up into the air, it's going to explode. Is it going to put off a purple ring? Is it going to put off red, yellow, and green sparkles? Is it going to be the one that just goes and all the weird shit rains from the sky after it? Is it going to be super fucking loud and fly up into the air and go boom and then just put off one big bright white ball of light for a second? Is it going to be fucking orange? Is it going to be purple? Is it going to be green? Is it going to be a lot of it? That's what the terpenes decide when we get our buzz. The THC makes us go up. The terpenes decide, do we get the munchies? Do we get paranoid? Do we get the giggles? Do you get a little turned on? Do you get fucking scared of life? Do you get super introspective? Do you just get really weird, completely weird altogether? That's the terpenes mixing with the other compounds, deciding what kind of buzz you get. So I think that shopping just for THC and focusing just on numbers like that can be very misleading. And then my my wrap-up statement for all of this talk about THC percentages and potency is um, I've had a lot of weed tested in labs, and I've had a lot of it come back really high in lab results. But you know what I've never had? I've never had a machine come back to buy another bag of weed. So those numbers don't do me any good. Those are good numbers for the machine, but they're not perfect numbers for humans. Humans need other compounds to enjoy our product properly. All right, my buddy JH, you only get one free pack of seeds, bro, but I did double up and read two messages. Uh, Bro, thank you for all the correspondence, the communication. Um, I do like your ideas. I can't respond to every email that you send me, bro. Uh, There are a lot of them, but I do uh, agree with most of what you're saying, and I do appreciate your insight and your uh, your education. You teach me some things sometimes that I had never thought about. You think in a different way than me. So big up to my buddy JH up there in Canada. Send me your address, bro. I do owe you a pack of seeds. Uh, most of the time, you guys, I try not to uh, send free seeds to Canada because it does cost me $40, 40 US dollars in shipping to pack up some seeds and send them to Canada. But JH has been around for a long time. He's been participating for a while. We're going to do that. If you sent me your messages and I have read it and you're in Canada, don't worry. I will send you the seeds. But I will try to limit the amount of Canadian messages I do read because 40 bucks a pop does add up quite quickly. But shout out to our friends at SeedsHereNow.com for sponsoring a free seed giveaway. All right, let's keep moving. I do have another great question here in front of me. Once again, this did come from the Grow Help tab on Irie Genetics. This one came from our friend who wants to be called Striker Can. And it says, what kind of question do you have? There's a problem in the garden. They're growing strawberry starburst, strawberry bubblegum, and wedding cake. That's a great lineup. Uh, They're indoors under LEDs. They're in week five of flower. They're growing in cocoa. The pH was 5.5. The EC was 300. The daytime temp is 73. Nighttime temperature is 65. The humidity is 65. Things are looking good. Then we get to the question part of this message. It says, yo, Rasta Jeff, I'm wondering what the best thing to add to cocoa for a sweetener taste uh, taste enhancer terpene hatter, adder could be. I just ordered Bud Candy from Advanced Nutrients. That product will work. However, it is not my favorite. 
I don't like to bash products on here, but honestly, uh, here's the truth. When I grew with advanced nutrients products, I felt like all of my flowers tasted the same. I could have OG Kush in one part of the room, strawberry haze in the other, blueberry cookies in the other part of the room, feed them all advanced nutrients. Guess what? They all taste like advanced nutrients. It all has that really, once you grow it and smoke it a little bit, you'll start to recognize the flavor. You'll be in smoke circles. You'll hit a joint, you'll hit a bowl and you'll go, ah, an advanced nutrients grower. You'll start to taste it. So there's in my opinion, it all tastes the same. Otherwise, there's nothing wrong with that brand. It just doesn't uh, it all taste the same. And I breed weed to taste really unique. And then when it all tastes like the same bud candy to me, I don't enjoy that. Let's keep moving. It says, I do already add Tiger Bloom Booster and Ocean Marine Cuisine. Uh, that Ocean Marine will definitely help you out, enhancing the terps and the health of the plants. Said I'm drying for about 10 days, the first four days at 50% RH. Then the rest down to 40. I may stay at the 50 for a little longer, but that's all right. Do your thing. Since I use a dehumidifier on low with added ventilation in a five by seven closet. So you're making the best with what you've got. That's that's great. Uh, I just got the Lemon Jeffrey as well. So I really want to bring out that sweet citrus smell and flavor. Thank you for any advice, Rasta Jeff. My dude, thank you for the great question. Let's jump into this. Let's talk about how to enhance flavor a little bit in these sweeter strains. In previous episodes, I did talk about adding kelp products to make things taste that, uh, to enhance that skunky, earthy, funky, uh, cushy aroma and flavor. I think the kelp really brings that out. That will also bring out the aroma and flavors in most of your other strains. It's just not going to be, uh, I feel like it kind of, it helps more with the cushy stuff, but it will help with your other products. Let's talk about more specific products that are available. I don't use a lot of uh, terpene enhancer products. I kind of just try to grow uh, an overall healthy plant with a good balanced diet and a good environment and then dry it and cure it properly and select good genetics. But if you want products that you can add, uh, there is a product called Terpenator. I have not used Terpenator myself, but I have heard good reports and good results from the product Terpenator, and it's expensive, so that shit better work. There's also a product called Sweet from Botanicare. They offer a couple of different flavors. These are exactly what you're asking for. These are sweetener products to add to your nutrient mix, and they claim that these products will sweeten up the flavor of your end product. I've never used the sweetener product with the flavor. I've used the sweetener without flavors to work on sugars and carbohydrates in the plants, and those plants did come out quite tasty. Another product I could recommend is Humboldt Honey. Humboldt Honey is great shit. I used to use Humboldt Honey way back in the day before I made the switch to the new millennium. Maybe after uh, thinking about this myself, I might start adding that back into the mix. The Humboldt Honey had a, a lot of different things in there, and it definitely made a difference in the flavor and aroma of my product. Once again, I did mention kelp. Now, let's talk about just basic things. Instead of recommending products, once again, those companies do not pay me. I'm not advertising. I'm just saying shit that I've used and shit that I've read and seen work. I've not given any money by any of these companies. Um, sugars and carbs are definitely going to help increase the flavor of your cannabis plants. Um, Carbonaria is a great product from New Millennium that I would definitely recommend adding to your product. Don't overfeed the Carbonaria, especially if you're in a hydroponic system. That Carbonaria will gum up the works. It will suck. Uh, if you're using a hydro system, I may choose a different product. Uh, Carboload from Advanced Nutrients is actually a pretty decent product. Um, then to all of that stuff, if you're using the Turpinator, the Sweet, the Humboldt Honey, don't use all those together. Pick one. Uh, the Carbonaria and the Carboload. Also to that, I would add Bud Swell. That is a liquid bat guano product. It'll make your plants go shebang in multiple ways. They'll get beefier and fatter, and they will taste and smell good because of that product. I do believe in my opinion. Now, 
I'm going to say something that may be controversial because this is not how I grow, but sometimes organics will bring out the most amazing flavors in your plants. It's all about the plant and the phenotype. Some plants, um, so let's talk about a couple of things. I've got a sour diesel that grows okay in soilless mix. It does okay. It doesn't have the flavor and aroma that I can achieve when my friend grows it in hydro. I've got a friend that grows the same cut in a hydro bucket and a hydro system, and that shit comes out so stinky that it makes my eyes feel weird. I've got to put it in multiple baggies, and that's just the difference in how he is growing it. So maybe some phenotypes will make a difference if you grow in hydro, soilless mix with bottled nutrients, and maybe some plants will benefit from growing it strictly organically. So we got different options. We got to figure out what the plant likes, or you've got to find the phenotype that works best with your grow environment. That's why I talk a lot about you selecting the phenotype that works best for you instead of asking me my favorite phenotype. My favorite might not work well in your grow. It probably gets too tall too fast for your grow environment. So growing the right genetics in the right environment with the right system will definitely help you enhance the flavor and aroma. Um, genetics are very important. Some plants just don't have a lot of flavor and aroma. Maybe some plants have got the wrong flavor and aroma for you. So it's all about finding, again, the correct genetics for uh, to meet your goals, to meet your needs uh, flavor and aroma-wise, and also grow well in your system. You've got to find that and then dial that in and perfect that flavor. So also another thing that can definitely affect the flavor and aroma of our plants is the dry and cure process. We can grow these plants perfectly for uh, seven, eight weeks in veg, nine or 10 weeks in flower. And then once we cut them down, we can really destroy these plants. I've seen a lot of people mess up huge, beautiful harvests just by not drying and curing them properly. Something else I should mention is that there is not really one magic bullet to making our cannabis perfect. We have to get everything right. Uh, this is like a giant chessboard and everything on the chessboard has to be in place if you want to get that checkmate. So don't rely on just one bottle, one product, one trick, uh, one silver bullet to make our product uh, top shelf. Everything has to be in line. We need to start with the right light. If you don't have the right light, the right spectrum, the right intensity, uh, the right duration, then nothing will work at all. Then we need uh, good air. How is the VPD in the room? Is the temperature right? Is the humidity right? If it gets too hot in the room, guess what? Start volatizing terpenes. If it gets too dry, guess what? Terpenes start volatizing. If it gets too wet, terpenes won't produce. So we have to keep everything in line from day one, not just in flower, from the veg phase. We have to get it started in veg and take top shelf care of this plant all the way through whatever you got. Like I said, six to eight weeks of veg, nine, 10, maybe 11 weeks of flower. Take perfect care of that plant every single day. Every day matters. If you've got one day where the VPT, VPD got off just a little bit, guess what? That will show in your end result. It could have been one, two, maybe 3% better, not 3% more THC, just overall a 3% better product. All right, another thing to think about is the environment in which you are drying, curing, and storing this product. A lot of people are growing down in a basement or in a shed or in a garage or in a backyard. If that room stinks and smells funky when you hang up your plants, once all the moisture and everything goes away from your plants, it's going to start absorbing that stinky, funky, musty grandma's basement sort of smell, and that will be stuck in your plants. If you're drying in the tool shed in the garage and it smells like old lawnmowers or it smells like old moldy house, that will end up in the flavor of your product. So think about where you're drying and curing it. Have so 
a week or two weeks before it's even time to harvest, start planning your drying and curing room. Have that ready. Look how much product you've got. Think about how much space you're going to need to cure it, dry it, hang it up. Think about how you're going to move the air in that room, keep the humidity and the uh, temperature proper in that room. Plan that now because a lot of people, like I said a moment ago, have destroyed crops after the harvest phase. I've seen commercial grows take down giant harvests and not know what to do with it and end up throwing half of it away. So half of their work got destroyed after the harvest phase. I'm going to check my notes, make sure I got everything here. Yeah, dry it, cure it, store it properly. And again, there's no not one single silver bullet that you can shoot that's going to make this grow smell amazing, look amazing. Uh, level 10 weed comes from growing that weed perfectly every day, consistently, several cycles, and then achieving that masterpiece of a crop of cannabis. All right. My friend Striker Can, I want to thank you for a great message. Please do send me your address because guess what, my friend? I owe you a free pack of Irie Genetic Seeds. And again, that pack of seeds is brought to us by our friends at SeedsHereNow.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pimps, hoes, friends, foes, smokers, growers, clone cutters, pollen chuckers, all of you beautiful cannabis enthusiasts out there, I do want to thank you once again for listening to another episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. If you did not win seeds on this episode, do not feel discouraged. Uh, do not feel discluded. I've got a lot more emails here in front of me, and there are a lot more podcast episodes coming up, so you do still have plenty of chances to win more seeds. If you're impatient and you want to get those seeds right now, all you've got to do is go to iredirect.com. A lot of great things are on sale. Uh, those are blowout low prices. Prices will probably never be lower than they are right now, so grab what you need now. Get those fem seeds. Get the garden going. Um, if you have any questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, you know that I would love to hear from you. The email address, of course, is hotmail.com. The easiest way to get your grow question on the show is to send it to the Grow Help tab at iregenetics.com or iredirect.com. But all of the feedback, questions, stuff like that, you can, of course, send it to the email address that you've already got saved there on your computer. Uh, make sure you check out the Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. Support the show. The patrons do get uh, early access. They get warned about new drops. They get told what's coming up. And most importantly, they get the best coupon codes. All right. Everything else is on the website, iregenetics.com. There's a link to the seeds, a link to the discord. Come hang out on the discord group chat, take some dabs with us. Um, yeah, check out the website, tune in, tap in. That's what all the cool kids say. Come hang out with us. That's all I've got you guys. I'll be back in another week with fresh new content. I want to give a big shout out to my buddy, easy 57. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me. We'll